0: No purchase necessary. Void work prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I'd like to take a moment and have a real heart to heart with you. If you're able right now, place your hand over your heart. Can you feel it? That's your heartbeat telling you that you're alive. It's the same for a pre-born baby. Their heart begins to form at conception and at just three weeks, it's already beating. At five weeks, a baby's heartbeat can be heard on ultrasound. And that's why we've partnered with Preborn because we need to help these precious babies Every day, preborn's networks of clinics rescue 200 babies from abortion. When a mother with an unplanned pregnancy meets her baby on ultrasound and hears their heartbeat, it's a divine encounter. That doubles a baby's chances at life. And by six weeks, the eyes are forming. By 10 weeks, a baby is able to suck his or her own thumb. And for just $28, And for a limited time, you can watch the first 10 minutes for free at hollywoodtakeover.com slash Ben. hollywoodtakeover.com slash Ben.
1: A crisis at the border, a crisis within the borders, civil unrest all over the country. And we are lucky enough to have taken a little bit of time out of the day of the man who has to deal with all of it. The acting secretary of the Department of Homeland Security, Chad Wolf. This is Verdict with Ted Cruz. Welcome back to Verdict with Ted Cruz. I am joined as always by Senator Ted Cruz. And Mr. Secretary, thank you so much for taking the time out. I know you're very busy. Uh, but thank certainly you Certainly a pleasure. Thank oh. you for having me. So, is there anything to talk about? I think there are a few things, probably. <sighs> the world's on fire. The world is on fire. And Mr. Secretary, you've got to deal with a lot of it. Let's begin all the way on the West Coast in portland there has been violence
2: civil unrest and has fallen on you to deal with it absolutely what we see in in portland as i've talked about probably over the last several weeks is very different than what we see anywhere else in the country we have a community uh, that has fostered an environment of violence uh, in portland this goes back to 2018 where we had an ice facility a dhs facility set siege to for about 28 days and for 28 days the local law enforcement didn't do anything to help our employees. So there's a there's now, now, a history. Chad, if there. I
3: remember right, the, the mayor Ted Wheeler, who's right. also the commissioner of police, yes. he announced at the time when, when the ICE facility was was under assault that the police wouldn't protect it. Is that
2: that's right? correct? That's correct. Uh, and,
3: and what did that mean? So so let's go back to because there's there's a history here right. that sets the stage. So they're attacking the ICE facility. Mayor says, police, forget it. You don't get police protection. So what happened then?
2: So it took about 28 days, and we had to send in federal law enforcement officers. We had to send in a contingent of DHS officers, but we also had some DOJ officers, some marshals and others that uh, went in, uh, provided uh, egress, uh, entry and exit from that facility to get our employees back and forth, make sure they're uh, that facility was protected. There, there were weapons in the facility just to make sure it was secure. Uh, and then we had those individuals; now, they, for the they 2018 could peacefully protest. Thing was,
3: was there violence? That, that, that there occurred was. In 2018? There was
2: Molotov cocktails thrown at the facility. It was damaged. It was vandalized. They did not get inside, uh, luckily, uh, but the outside was vandalized.
3: All right. So fast forward to now. What what exactly is happening in in Portland? I guess there's a a federal courthouse and a federal building. Is that right? Are there two places in particular that where the conflict is happening? Right. So
2: we've got about five federal facilities in Portland. Uh, There is the uh, Mark Hatfield Federal Courthouse, which is where 95 percent of the violence has taken place.
3: And that's a working courthouse. Like right now, there are cases going on in the courthouse today. There is a
2: grand jury in the courthouse today. And we are
3: Uh, being told, though, that the violent protests,
1: they're actually just peaceful demonstrations that are happening right. at this courthouse. What's the real right. story? Well, there's both. Uh,
2: so what we see is we see peaceful protesting. So then we go all the way back to the George Floyd death, which is really when all this started in Portland. We see uh, very peaceful protest every day. So for 60 days, we see peaceful protests. Those usually occur between six and seven o'clock at night, and they run to about 11 o'clock at night. And then there's a small break. And,
3: and about how many people are we talking typically?
2: We see several hundred. Several hundred. Peaceful okay. protests. There are speeches being made. ACLU is out there. There's a variety of different groups out there. That, that does not make the media. That well, does,
3: you know, um, I remember a period during the whole Seattle-Chaz- Chud, I we couldn't keep up it, with a, the, the new name shop, chop we've, like,
1: we've been calling it the Soviet Union, but there are there yeah, are yeah. other names that
3: have been but, but, but during that whole thing in Seattle, I remember in fact I think I commented on, on Twitter that, that Portland was quite peaceful while Seattle was had this autonomous zone. And it was like, wow, when when Portland thinks you're you're doing a bad job in law enforcement, you've yeah. really taken a bad turn. And it <laughs> right. seems after the Chaz Chop, whatever was disbanded, That's that seems to be about the time Portland got a lot worse.
2: Yeah, what we saw over the course of June uh, was uh, progressively got getting more and more violent. Uh, we started sending federal uh, protective service officers to that courthouse to, to provide some additional support. And, 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 and what is a, became, a
3: federal protective service officer? What does that sure. mean? So
2: FPS, Federal Protective Service, is a component of the Department of Homeland Security. They secure about 9,000, almost 9,000 federal facilities, mostly owned by GSA, these are federal facilities. So these, so are, these not, are law not only,
3: enforcement officers right. that are protecting federal buildings. Is yeah, that, so
2: it's courthouses, but it's also maybe your Social Security Administration is there. It's where federal benefits are uh, exercised in any given city, state. They are protecting those buildings. And they largely do that with a contract force, uh, but they also have federal officers. So in Portland— and, because, and I
3: guess there's there's a long history of violence against federal buildings. Obviously, Ted Kaczynski— uh, blowing up the federal building in Oklahoma was yeah. was horrific, and and I mean that this is not a new threat. It's not a new thing.
2: It's not anything at all. And, and in fact, uh, under the last administration, Secretary Johnson, DHS Secretary, deployed federal resources uh, to uh, federal facilities because of certain demonstrations. In Baltimore, after Freddie Gray's death, he deployed additional resources there because there was violence directed at federal facilities. So this is nothing new. We do this all the time at the department. It's only now getting certain attention. You know,
1: we've been told also, and I think you've drawn a good distinction here between the peaceful protesters and then these violent anarchists who show up at night. We've been told, though, this is a grassroots movement, a sort of spontaneous uprising,
2: You think it's organized? Oh, absolutely. It's absolutely organized. So again, we come back. So for 60 nights in a row, we saw between uh, midnight and 5 a.m. These are violent individuals, violent criminals, violent opportunists, violent anarchists. And
3: how many are we talking? Uh,
2: Anywhere from 500 uh, at the height to about 5,000. Wow. Wow. So these are 5,000 individuals that are outside of a courthouse. We had to put up temporary fencing. They took it down. They lit it on fire. And they barricaded our folks inside the courthouse. Very, very dangerous. So we reinforced the fencing, it did did help, but you have violent individuals approaching that fence line every night. Uh, They stage in a park, a city park, two city parks across the street. They stage there, they use city streets to come to that facility, and then they will stay there for several hours while the city police, the state police, did nothing. Well, this this brings up an important
1: question, too, which is a lot of the people who are defending these anarchists are saying that the federal government has no right to go and arrest them if they leave the federal property yeah. and they go onto city property. So,
2: again, just uh, inaccurate information. They just okay. don't know what they're talking about. So, 40 I, U.S. I can't believe that. No, n- yeah. nobody in politics <laughs> right. would ever
3: say something if they didn't know what they were talking so, about.
2: So, uh, you know, the U.S. Code, Congress, you know, passed by Congress statute gives us the, uh, the ability not only to protect our facilities but to investigate and arrest individuals that we see that are damaging our facilities off property. Yep. So this idea that you can uh, damage a federal facility and then step across the road and say, sorry, you can't touch me. It's very similar to if someone walked up to the United States Capitol, tried to burn the Capitol down and step across the street and say, sorry, you can't touch me. It's not how long. You're saying that would work? It would not work. It <laughs> would not yeah, work. No, good to know. no I, ideas anymore. <laughs> yeah. It would not work. Uh, and that's what really we were up against for 60 days in Portland. So. Uh, you have to hold individuals accountable. Yeah. Uh, so DHS, along with the Marshal Service, started making arrests because state and local law enforcement refused to.
3: So how much violence are we talking about? Is this one guy taking a swing at somebody? No. I mean, I mean, what yeah. help people understand what actually you see kind of images online. You see yeah. some fires and people pulling on fences, but what's really going on?
2: I say uh, initially, I would say the most, uh, I would say least violent that you would see would be bricks being thrown at law enforcement officers. That's the least violent? That's the least violent. Bricks, you see frozen water bottles, um, anything that's hard, hard canned food, you see being thrown Hmm. at at law enforcement officers. As they come out and try to protect the facility, it then starts to ratchet up. We've seen Molotov cocktails. Uh, Hmm. Officers have taken sledgehammers to the head. Uh, we see IEDs being thrown at them.
3: You're saying people are hitting police officers in the head with sledgehammers? Yes. correct. How many officers have been injured during the course of Portland?
2: Uh, for DHS, we've had over 247 different injuries to law enforcement officers. About over 100. Di- and that's
3: just Portland? Or? That's
2: just Portland.
3: Holy crap. That's wow. just
2: Portland. 247 different injuries to uh, law enforcement officers. About over 100 officers have individually been injured.
1: And Portland, by the way, is not the only site of this violence. We've been seeing it in in other cities as well. We
2: see a little different violence in different cities, you know, whether it's Chicago, Kansas City, Albuquerque, even Seattle. That's more street crime. There is some some organized violence as well. But Portland is very different than any other city. Hmm. We've seen, as I indicated, thousands of folks every night for 60 days come to a fence line around a federal courthouse and want to burn it down. There's graffiti along the Now, what courthouse. are they doing
3: with lasers? I mean, that's that's harmless, right? That's just a pointer, like yeah, pointing at someone? No,
2: not at all. They, there's some pretty powerful lasers they're using. So as the law enforcement officers come out of the building to protect it, they will shine the green lasers in their eyes. And unfortunately, we have about three officers that are gonna have some probably permanent damage.
3: When you say permanent damage, they're facing partial or total blindness.
2: We're waiting uh, for medical to come back, but that's that's what we're hearing at the moment, yes.
3: Okay, so it's not, I mean, I can see people thinking, oh, you know, yeah. I play with a pointer at home and my cat chases it. That's, 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 that's not it. To, that is, I mean, that's they not even close. are aiming right. real and powerful lasers at, at the eyeballs of officers, and you've got
2: three who are seriously injured. We do. So we've taken corrective measures. We've given them some eyewear that protects against that. But this is a new tactic uh, from these individuals that we have first seen here in Portland.
3: And, and I guess one of the challenges is a lot of these guys are dressed in all black. They're wearing goggles or wearing a mask. And, and so if you have someone throw a brick and it hits an officer and he's bleeding, you have someone right. point a laser and it, it blinds an officer, you can't always tell who did it. I mean, they're all dressed the same. I mean, is that it's part of what they're difficult. trying to do?
2: Absolutely, it's very difficult, and they do that on purpose. And they, mm-hmm. we see tactics that they use that are very similar to law enforcement. They try to obscure their move- movements. They do a number of different things that make it difficult for law enforcement to engage with them. Now, we have our own tactics. Uh, we are uh, able to identify certain individuals that are lighting fires, throwing. We've seen barbecues being tossed over the fence that are on fire like um, a barbecue grill? Yeah, like a like a Weber grill. Yeah. Tossed over. <laughs> Holy uh, crap,
3: do they at least put burgers and yeah.
2: hot dogs in? It? I, something
1: I,
3: tells me they're not that
2: courteous. We see uh, mortar style commercial okay, they'd grade be tofu.
3: They wouldn't be burgers <laughs> in there. I mean, that really I got to say in Texas those are fighting words. If you yeah. throw a barbecue with nothing but tofu and veggie burgers, it's just rude. It's just rude. Th- that's now. the only
2: thing that. Uh, commercial grade fireworks are being thrown in and so as what? they those explode several inches from officers it can become very very dangerous. They get burnt. Uh, they get yeah, injured and this that is way, not this
3: somebody lighting a black cat,
2: like a mortar-style firework that gets shot from across the street inside the park into the uh, into the facility. Mr.
1: Secretary, the scene that you are describing, and I think the scene that a lot of us have seen on television, is one that we would expect in a foreign country, in the Middle East, or in a, in a war zone. This is not the sort of thing we would expect within the borders Absolutely. of the United
2: States. Absolutely, and um, I've been saying that for almost over a month now that the violence that we see in Portland people have to understand it's not uh, a few protesters who are getting angry and deciding to bang on a fence these are violent individuals that are organized they have supply lines this is this is an organized entity here that is doing this and unfortunately uh, despite our request we have state and local law enforcement up until recently yeah for 60 days refused to engage these folks so are the
3: cops behaving differently now are they have, they have. The politicians let them actually do their job
2: they have so um at the middle of july i want to say i, I placed phone calls to the mayor of portland uh as well as to the governor of oregon and, and i basically put any any resource at the department at their hands you know for them as they address the violence they had the full resources of the department their response was no thank you and please leave portland which well, of course we didn't do. And we, if
3: you'd left Portland what would
2: have happened? The the facility would have burned. The courthouse would have burned.
3: So yeah. you're saying what what the mayor and governor were saying is just abandon the federal courthouse Absolutely. and and let the mob burn the courthouse to the ground. That's
2: that was their request of me. Well the,
3: yes. you know this
1: ties into the same strategy we've heard from the same people on the international front which is don't enforce our border with Mexico allow the border to be totally open, allow people to come in. And DHS has been a particular
2: object right. of those criticisms.
3: What is DHS? It's yeah. a pretty new yeah. new agency. Sure. What all falls within the umbrella well, there's a of lot. DHS? <laughs>
2: so we have about 240,000 employees uh, across the enterprise. Are, are
3: you all the biggest civilian agency? So other than DOD?
2: Uh, I believe the Veterans Administration is a little bit bigger. Oh, interesting. <laughs> okay. uh, just from a, a pure yeah. uh, size standpoint. Uh, so within the department, uh, we do everything from aviation security, so the the, the commercial uh, checkpoint security that you see as you get on commercial aircraft. We so do that. TSA. TSA.
3: So TSA reports to you.
2: TSA, uh, Customs and Border Protection. So when we talk about border security, they're yeah. certainly along that border. Uh, y- y- you
3: know when they, they do the the groping at the. The stands, it'd be really good if they could, like, just do the lower back a little more. <laughs> is that, is that an of official put, request? Put some, yeah, I mean, I'm <laughs> like, look, if you're going to get it, I got a sore muscle down there.
2: Well, they got to, they have to continue to do their job. Um, <laughs> I say thank you to them right. every time. I'm a diplomatic you, answer. You know, <laughs> as long as we don't have any incidents in, in the skies, I'm, I'm happy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Customs and Border Protection, ICE, uh, Immigration and Customs Enforcement, yeah. uh, is also inside the department, USCIS. Which All right, handles- so
3: what's the difference between Customs and Border Protection and ICE?
2: Sure. CBP, uh, Customs and Border Protection, mainly uh, protecting our border, southwest border, northern border, um, border So those security. are the guys
3: in green. They're, they're, they're out not- there in the Rio Grande. They're- Absolutely. They're not only
2: the, the men and women in green, but they're also in blue. So as you come to a mm-hmm. port of entry. Uh, and you're legally coming to the U.S., you're going to have to go through uh, several officers and, and go through a process. So they do not only legal but illegal entry into the U.S. Okay, so Immigra-
3: that's, that's CBP, right? and then ICE is what?
2: ICE is Immigration and Customs Enforcement. So these are the individuals. Uh, we have both ICE, E-R-O, which is our removal operations. So these are individuals that will go into communities, identify criminals, identify other individuals that have no legal right to be in the U.S. and remove them. We also have Homeland Security invested. So MS-13 Absolutely. gang
3: members, yep. you've got ICE officers going in, arresting them, and right. some of these guys can be pretty violent.
2: Very, very dangerous. Very dangerous. The large uh, majority of, of, I would say, targets that we get are actually from uh, individual jails and court and courthouses. So mm-hmm. it's individuals that are probably uh, have gotten picked up on another criminal charge uh, come to find out they're illegally here in the U.S., we would then go in, uh, you know, ascertain them, and then uh, start removal And th- there are now widespread calls
1: among one political party right. to abolish that entire enforcement agency.
2: So it's not just the removal operations. We have Homeland Security Investigations, which does transnational criminal organizations, drug trafficking. They do a variety of national security missions that are part of ICE. So part of what they want to abolish are criminal investigators protecting communities, from a variety of threats.
3: So I think it's an interesting arc of development because a couple of years ago, the Democrats seized upon abolish ICE. I mean, it started with AOC. It started off with a few kind of fringe characters, and then it expanded. And And some of what you guys faced in Portland with right. Ted Wheeler refusing to, to protect the ICE facilities was a manifestation back then uh, that they were saying, get rid of ICE. That's now transmogrified into abolish all police. Right. That, that 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 it's not just ICE, <laughs> that, but it's it's anyone with a badge and a gun right. is apparently now the bad guy. Um, what? So Nancy Pelosi has called your officers stormtroopers.
2: Yes. Yeah. It's what,
3: what, what do you what do you make of that?
2: Well, uh, she's not only called them stormtroopers. I heard them being referred to as the Gestapo or thugs as well uh completely irresponsible comments uh i've called on each of those members of congress that have said those terms to apologize to the men and women of dhs these are civil law enforcement officers get up every day put on a badge put on a uniform protect their communities so
3: these are cops they're federal cops but they're they're law enforcement officers protecting us
2: absolutely they do they go to training they establish they have procedures that they follow they have authorities that they follow and to call them stormtroopers to invoke that kind of imagery Uh, is just shameful. And
3: and for the record, is an arrest a kidnapping? Because that's the language they're saying is apparently you're now kidnappers.
2: Yeah. So it's, again, I think it's individuals that don't understand what our mission is. So there in Portland, uh, because you did not have state or you didn't have local law enforcement making arrest. So night after night after night, hundreds of individuals are committing criminal acts with no consequence. And DHS said, well, we can't have that. That's not how law enforcement works. So we have the ability to go out and arrest individuals. And we started doing that within a two to three block radius of the courthouse. And then that's when uh, you know a number of individuals say, well, how can you do that? How can you arrest individuals? Well, they are committing criminal acts. That's how you arrest individuals.
1: You're making this point about Nancy Pelosi and a lot of other Democrats in the House. It's an election year. They're heightening up the rhetoric. They're going after abolish ICE, abolish law enforcement. But there's another very hot, Political issue that they're also talking about, which is immigration, illegal immigration, at the border. This was a central plank when President Trump was running for office. What's the situation down there on the border wall, on enforcement,
2: on, on making sure our country's secure? Yeah. Is there a wall? <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Uh, we just eclipsed about 265 miles of the new border wall system under President Trump. So, that right, so,
3: had, so, there was a wall to begin with. We, we had we had several hundred walls, uh, several hundred miles of wall initially, and I, we built about 200 more. Is that right? I,
2: I would say initially, as we came in, we had different forms of fencing. Um, some of it about six feet tall. Some of it maybe up to eight feet tall, maybe. Uh, Easily scalable, easily defeated, uh, no impedance and denial there. Any type of barrier, what you want uh, for our border patrol, the men and women in green on the border, they want something that's going to stop an individual or at least to slow them down. So that's the impedance and denial aspect of coming into the country illegally. The bigger the barrier, the more effective the barrier, the easier it is for them to do their job. What we saw uh, with six foot high wall, you could scale it, you could be over, disappear. Very difficult for Border Patrol to do their job. The new border wall system that we're building, in many cases, is 30 feet high. It has ground sensors, mm-hmm. it has lighting, it has radar, it has a number of things that, if you can, if you can defeat it, very difficult to. If you can defeat it, you have Border Patrol waiting on you as you get to the other side of that of that border wall system. All right,
3: so I got to tell a story, Michael. I spent a lot of time with CBP in Texas, yeah. and they're incredible men and women. And um, several years ago, I joined them down in. Uh, real grand valley for their midnight muster and then went out on midnight patrol with them which which is very cool and so we're going out and they arrested a number of people and so they go into this one stash house that's oh probably 200 yards in from the the river yeah and and they go in and kick the door down and there are a bunch bunch of people there that they're apprehending and uh and there's some pretty rough looking characters coming out of this stash house um, in including one guy I, I remember who was big. He was probably 260, 280 pounds, uh, was wearing sort of a raggedy undershirt covered with tats. I yeah. mean, tats everywhere. And and the agents kept saying, Senator, Senator, hey, come over here, Senator. Come look <laughs> at this, Senator. <laughs> no, I'll be back here, thanks. No, a- and worry. I'm like, ixnay on the editor's day. <laughs> <laughs> J- just just call me Bob, guys. <laughs> like, like what? <laughs> that
1: is, uh, you know, I, I think that's probably typical, though. We're dealing with to use the president's term, tough hombres down here. And uh, I I don't know, to hear the rhetoric coming from the left right now, it's as though these are the most wonderful people in the world and the villains are the law enforcement officers
2: who are trying to arrest them. It's it's disgraceful, really. Uh, Again, we have, uh, DHS is the largest law enforcement agency in the country. Mm -hmm. We have over 100,000 law enforcement officers in the department doing their job every day, on the border every day. Uh, they're building that wall. They're stopping individuals from crossing into the country illegally. And I would say in a pandemic environment, stopping individuals crossing into the country illegally uh, takes on a more important mission. Of course, We're not just stopping immigration uh, violators. We're stopping individuals that perhaps... Could have COVID 19, could be coming into the US and infecting uh, American citizens. We're
1: told that we're not allowed to leave our homes in many cases, but it's perfectly fine to have foreign nationals who obviously are not being tested cross that border illegally. Yeah. But actually, Senator, you, you raised this question for me because your job is to make the laws. Yep. There are, your job is to enforce yep. the laws, and there, there are regulations that you do as well. Is to make fun of the laws. And my job is entirely <laughs> yeah. to make fun of the laws. But, but it occurs to me. If, if we're now four years into an administration, we were told big, beautiful wall, we know that people want to build the wall, and yet I think a lot of people listening will say only 200 or 250 miles of wall, what's the holdup been? It strikes me there are other people who make the laws as well, uh, outside of our perhaps constitutional system.
2: Yeah, so we are uh, not only uh, stymied by uh, congressional inaction um, you know, the president's been very clear about a border wall system. We've had to find that funding internally uh, yep. to the administration over the last several years, as Congress, certain members of Congress, I would say, are not supportive of that. Uh, but we also have courts uh, and we have lawsuits that we have to deal with. Uh, but again, w- uh, as far as building the border wall system, we're going to reach 300 miles by the end of August. Uh, we'll be. 100- so we're
3: here in early August. They built 200 miles of new yep. wall. We've got another 100 miles coming end in of the next August. month yeah. or so. Right. Um, and I think is the goal by the end of the year 450 miles? 450
2: to 500, right.
3: Right. Um, and that's a new wall or, this is all, or replacing this. previous barriers? So it's a great,
2: you know, this is what the other uh, side, uh, you know, uh, our opponents usually say is you're not actually building any new wall. So in many cases, we are tearing down a five to six foot fence and putting up a 30 foot wall and in any case that is a new wall it's very much like if you All were to right, i got
3: to tell you another story of this just <laughs> yeah. on on the 5 to 6 foot fence back in 2016 presidential race we're we're down in Arizona on the border and and you know i've got a whole bevy of of reporters following me and we're doing a we're doing something right on the border wall and it's got this this little sort of vehicle barrier yeah. the Normandy barriers the Normandy barriers right. yeah that's exactly it looks like the sort of uh Crisscross right. metal planks, yeah, um, and and the, the reporters are there, and and we've, and we've got a bunch of sheriffs and and folks who are down there with us, and a bunch of the reporters they want to get a better camera shot, so they climb over the barrier to shoot north, and I'm like, okay, so you just crossed into Mexico <laughs> illegally, uh, and that's how much little the barrier is—is wow. is you just hop over the damn thing. Okay, I got a better shot here. Maybe we need something more substantial, yeah. given that you're like. I think currently they, an illegal immigrant in the country of Mexico, <laughs> they, they unwittingly, I think,
1: proved your point yeah. on the border. And it's the point we're all making. And yet yeah. you're being stymied left and right
2: on building that wall. Uh, but again, we have uh, found ways to do that. We have enough funding. Uh, we're in a good place. We're in a good uh, glide path. So again, as the senator mentioned, about 450 to 500 miles by the end of this calendar year. Uh, and that's what the operators want. They yeah. want that effective border wall system. It's not everywhere on the border. We can't put it everywhere, yeah. but we can put it in the places that need it most so that patrol, so officers can patrol other hard-hit areas well, even, as well. Well, even
3: beyond the operators, I think it's what the American people want. I Absolutely. think They've made that point time and again. Let me make a point also that's, that's interesting and would surprise you. Hmm. The guys working for Chad, the CBP guys on the border, yeah. they need a lot more technology. Yes. Hmm. So, so I've, been, I've been out with them on their boats on the river. I've been up in, in their helicopters. Um, which are old, some of the helicopters are old Hueys, like, like you know, out of out of like watching, you know, MASH growing yeah. up, which by the way, they keep the doors open on the side and, you know, they strap you in. And I think the helicopter pilots enjoy doing oh, yeah. turns where you're going forward and you're looking at this one little round disc that, that is holding your body. And if it comes loose, you're fi- falling you're 200 out. feet down into the ground and you're trying to like, yeah, this doesn't bother me at all. I'm, I am urinating my
2: pants right now, but no, I'm not. not. So, are so they are they going back there, Senator? Yeah, they, they, they do enjoy. Yeah. I would say but they do that with the acting secretary as well. So. I, I have no <laughs> doubt. Right. But what's
3: interesting, so Texas DPS, Department of Public Safety, I've been up, Texas has, for example, it's an $8 million plane. It's an amazing plane that mm-hmm. I've been up in. And it flies along the border and it has heat imagery where they can look like a mile or two away on the other side of the border, and you'll see, and we'd look at the screen and be like, they'd be like, all right, there's the coyote there. You can see him hiding in the brush, and you can see four or five people that he's getting ready to send across. And what Texas DPS will do is call CBP and say, all right, there are five guys right here that are preparing to cross, and you can see the CBP vans like uh, pulling up on the other side, waiting to apprehend them when they come. The amazing thing, though, is the state has better technology than the feds, which is is Mm. messed up. Y'all should have adequate technology. And and it's not your fault. It's Congress's fault. We we haven't given it, but it's kind of startling. You don't expect the the, the state equipment to be better than the federal equipment.
2: Well, some of our best partners are obviously uh, Texas DPS, as well as in Arizona and other places. So we rely on our partners to do our job. Uh, But as you indicated, we do not have an unlimited budget. So... Uh, there are certain we we have a number of air assets as well uh, that we send up along that border to to patrol that, but uh, we can always use uh, new and better equipment, Mr.
1: Secretary. We want to be respectful of your time, but before we go, I think a lot of Americans looking around don't feel great about how things are going. You know, they see buildings on fire, they see this unrest, especially in Portland. Yeah. They see problems at the border. What's the outlook? Give it to us straight. You know, we don't want false hope, but but. How are things looking as we now move toward the end of the year?
2: Well, I would say what we've seen over the past month, uh, and we've talked a bit, little bit about here, when we talk about defund the police or you start attacking law enforcement, I think you, what we are seeing around the country is the result of that. Hmm. What you have are, are criminals. At, at their very heart, they are violent opportunists, and they see an opportunity to exploit uh, their street, their corner of the world, because they know the police are under a microscope. Yeah. Um, and so I think that's very dangerous. What the president, what the administration has been very upfront about is we're not going to let this continue. So whether it's through Operation Legend, which is surging federal resources in to to deal with some of this violent crime, we're going to continue to surge federal resources in. We're going to continue to protect federal property. We see it almost, you know, we get threat and intelligence every weekend. that Certain federal properties around the country are being targeted by these groups. We surge resources into those communities to make sure that those pro- properties are protected. Particularly when we talk about a courthouse, a seat of justice in a city, has to be protected. That's what this country is about, and DHS is going to be on the front lines protecting those. All right, for totally years to come. different
3: question to wrap up. How do you get to be Secretary of Homeland Security? Like you're a cabinet <laughs> member, you're, you're one of the top cops in the country. Yeah. Like what? You know when you were when you were a kid is this what you dreamed of doing How did, how did you get here?
2: Yeah, it's a, a little different. I actually uh, dreamed of joining the military and for whatever reason it didn't happen I grew up in Texas went to school in Dallas uh, had the opportunity to come to DC and, and shortly after 9/11 joined DHS. Uh, 9/11 for me I was yeah. on Capitol Hill. Rushed out of the buildings. It it was a significant factor so in my life. So this was
1: basically right when DHS was formed.
2: Yeah, this is back in two thousand one, yeah. uh, two thousand two. Um, so it it was a, a formidable event in my life and really changed my outlook. So I I jumped in, uh, started serving at DHS. Uh, took a break uh, during the Obama administration uh, and then came back in and, and held a variety of different uh, positions here in the department. I think the thing that you know, a lot of us here in the department, we, we believe in this mission. We believe in what the department does and how it was created after 9-11, its counterterrorism mission. But it has a number of other missions, some of which we talked about that I think the vast majority of Americans just don't know about. Yeah. Federal Protective Service, a lot of our immigration enforcement, and a lot of other uh, things that we are doing here. So it's a big department, 240,000 folks, 22 different agencies that came in. So what do you do for fun? I work. But, you know, when I can, uh, I try to run a little bit and bike a little bit.
1: Well, uh, uh, those hobbies notwithstanding, I right. think you're well, probably working a lot more these right. days. Well, and
3: I do need to clarify it and just say, Chad, thank you for being here. So as we are here, yeah, your base, basement is flooding. It is. So, 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 so there's a tropical storm. It's right. raining like crazy. Right. You're in D.C. Your basement's flooding. And your wife has called you saying, hey, our basement's flooding. Yeah. And you said... I got to do a podcast. Right. Now I'm just going to say, I'm sorry. <laughs> I know you're sleeping on the couch tonight. It's my fault. Blame it on me. But but you're a great American. And yeah. Yeah. please get home quickly right. and help your That's wife. Right. Or, thank or you. I re- appreciate or, or it won't be the, the couch. It'll be the doghouse. It's house, not going to so be good. It. We, we be need
1: good. to get you back to the basement and more importantly, to the mission. Thank you. Mr. Secretary, thank you so much for being here. Senator, I'll see you next time. This is Verdict with Ted Cruz.
0: This episode of Verdict with Ted Cruz is being brought to you by Jobs Freedom and Security Pack, a political action committee dedicated to supporting conservative causes, organizations and candidates across the country. In 2022, Jobs Freedom and Security Pack plans to donate to conservative candidates running for Congress and help the Republican Party across the nation. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win?
1: Like, are you a fist pumper? I kind of like the high-five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At ChumbaCasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino-style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses, so don't wait. Start having the most fun
0: ever at ChumbaCasino.com.
1: No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. prohibited by law. See terms and conditions.
0: 18+. Hollywood is under siege from an external force. The same Hollywood that sold the American Dream is now making nightmares a reality. at hollywoodtakeover.com slash ben hollywoodtakeover.com slash ben when you have health insurance it's easy to forget about your out-of-pocket costs that can be a lot of money but are your bills accurate well it's estimated that over 50 percent of medical bills contain errors slash i heart